0: Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? Happy hey. Thursday.
1: Good morning, Steve. I need your advice yeah. today.
0: <laughs> you need my advice?
1: Yeah, you know, let's get right into it. we we'll first give the introduction, tell everybody what we are, what we do here. Hashtag OSW daily. And then we'll get into my dilemma.
0: Oh, dear. Okay. Okay. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, you know, is if this is your first time coming across the channel, please subscribe, share, like, help spread the word. But uh, yeah, no, we're two workplace. Uh, I don't know what we'd call ourselves. Uh, I wouldn't say gurus, but we're two enthusiasts. But uh, yeah. you know, we we each each morning we're here. We're talking about workplace. We're talking about what actually is going on in the world and how it impacts us uh, workplace, us individually. And uh, yeah, so we're here to share. So so Mike, what what is the dilemma question? Well,
1: yesterday we had a great discussion and. Thank you to those who watched and commented on social media about the headline was why return to work if we don't need to. We've already, if we've proven essentially that we had this quote from Liz Ryan that said, if we've proven through this work from home experiment, that's been thrust upon us, that we're just as effective and, and we're able to do what we need to do at home, why return to work? And it was a great conversation starter. And I, I was actually the one who you know even though I'm a remote worker was kind of arguing in favor of that that missing element, that human side, the the need for connection, the need for you know interaction that leads to a feeling of connectedness and a feeling of being a part of the organization's culture and drives the mission and it helps us all feel you know like we're part of something bigger. And you know and we were in this kind of mindset yesterday because the news media had shifted the conversation towards reopening the economy and that's certainly what all of our leaders are talking about at the governmental level, and, and that's what our employers are talking about, right? Uh, the leadership team at my company, I'm sure at yours, is mm-hmm. talking about how do we get back to the office, and what does that look like? Now, we did say, we did call it return to work, and we've never really stopped working, right? You and I have continued mm-hmm. to work, in fact, in some ways, you know, busier than ever these last five, six weeks, since since virtual um, connectivity is something we do already. It seems to be something we've done a lot more of over the last several weeks, but But return to work, meaning return to the workplace, return to the physical office environment is certainly what we mean by that. And and it's kind of the the short, you know, RT, I've seen hashtag RTW out there, hashtag return to work, maybe return to the office or return to the workplace is a better way to be more descriptive because it is that discussion about going back into the workplace. So I, I led into my weekly workplace innovator interactive live stream yesterday afternoon at noon Eastern time, which we do every Wednesday and did that poll question, You know, when do you think your organization will be ready to go back? And then when do you think, personally, will you'll be comfortable going back into a public setting or back into a physical workplace? And I was, uh, I was discouraged, I need, I, and I need some advice because I'm doing this again this afternoon. I've got another facility management round table. I'm, I've been asked to host for the Pro-FM community, which is gonna be this huge audience of, of facility management professionals. Who are, who are tasked with, you know, figuring this all out, preparing the built environment for the eventual return of employees and, and caring for those employees. That's what they do. That's what FM's do. So I'm struggling because I watched the news last night, as I'm, I'm sure you did. And, and the first half of the newscast is still filled with this just, you know, terribly depressing, you know, grim news of, of the continuing rising death toll and and even though there's signs that things are, are on the turn, you know, are we flattened, you know, the, we're at the peak maybe as a country, there are certain hotspots still flaring up and it got really depressing. And then they showed the signs of hope and the, and the signs of you know, uh, potential therapies and potential treatments that may come into play. But still, the, the, the reason I, I'm giving this a huge preamble and I apologize, but the question is this, half the audience yesterday, and this is kind of reflective of a Cornet Global study that I saw, Did you, I don't know if you saw the Cornet Global uh, yeah, research about returning to the office, but about, you know, half people were willing to say, yeah, I could see uh, my organization reopening in either May or June or July, but then some said it's either going to be later or there's just not enough information. I see almost half the people I was talking to yesterday said, not enough information too soon to say, I can't predict. I don't know when I'll feel comfortable. So if that's the case, we're already kind of seeing maybe in our workplace community, this beginning of a divide that we're seeing in our maybe political community in our, in our media is that there's going to be, you know, let's just call it 50, 50 half people are saying, yeah, I'm willing to consider this beginning to go back to the office, go back to planning a public life in the next several months, maybe it's not next month, but in the next few months. But then there's the other half of saying, listen, I, I still don't have the data. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, I think it's way too soon to talk about it. And I could see that being a real, challenge for all of us and I just want to get your thoughts on that I mean my my question is what is what should we do should we keep talking about this do we are we upsetting people or should we how do we have how do we navigate with all these different you know kind of perspectives out there what do you think um
0: it's uh it's it's it's, it's a big question um and you know as you were chatting I was sort of processing the information sort of okay how, how do how do I respond and you know do I have information? Do I have data to provide guidance? I, I don't. If I look at people who I respect, um, who are in leadership roles and what they're doing and the guidance that they're providing, then I will take their lead. Governor Como yesterday ran through a plan that actually says it may take up to 18 months, but All the data he's looking at, he can't put a time frame on it. But what he did do was go through a process by which things would open. And I take that as a lead. I take that as, okay, what that should then perhaps be my mindset. It should perhaps be what, you know, when you're having these conversations, this is where, everyone sort of comes from. The fact that we're having the conversation, I think, shows uncertainty. The fact that it is 50-50 shows that there is split. Um, I would also be interested to see on that 50-50 split the geography of where those questions are coming from. I think what's clear and becoming a little more concerning is the disparity of You look across the United States, you've got New York, you've got California behaving in certain ways, and I don't know if you saw the news yesterday, I watched it, you know, this morning, as you know, I do each morning, what I find really concerning was in Michigan, the gridlock uh, protest that's been put in place to reopen the city. It was, I think it was in Detroit. I I think it was in Detroit. It may be miss, I may be misspeaking when I say Detroit. It was certainly in Michigan where thousands of cars lined up the streets around the governors uh, or the state headquarters to block, um, to protest. And I sort of watched this and I thought, is this like a unique thing? Is this a one-off thing? So I went and did some digging and actually the states of Kentucky, Ohio, Utah, North Carolina had smaller, but still had protests where, you know, residents are asking for those states to open up their cities, to open up their states. Um, in Virginia today, apparently, is going to be someone uh, a protest in Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like you have that aspect. So people are getting to the point where they need uh things to be open obviously there are people struggling there are jobs lost people need income and it's how do you balance those off i think the 50 50 is probably a true reflection of where the sentiment is and the fact that information and data um isn't available but i think we have to trust our leaders they're 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 trying to do good um but it's such a struggle it is a Mm. struggle and and um yeah, I'd be curious to see, I don't know if you can, the location, the locales of who answered what. And I know your your surveys are anonymous, so you, you yeah. don't have the ability to do that, but man, it's- well, I think there's,
1: you, I was going to say, I started to interrupt. I, I, I have so many thoughts, but, but there's, and I've been saying some things over and over, but it's coming into more of a clarity for me the more we talk. And I appreciate this so much, the fact that you- and I start this each day at 8 a.m. because it gets my brain going and it, and it helps me put things into context because I didn't have a good night's sleep last night. I'm going to be tired today. I know it because I got up middle of the night, started thinking about some of these things. And it's, uh, it's one of those dips in the roller coaster ride we've talked about. So what, <clears throat> so,
0: what, what was, sorry, I don't want to oh, sorry, take that thread. Maybe you were going there. So I apologize if I did interrupt you. Yeah. But what was, what was the concern? What, what woke you up? What was the prominent thought? <sighs>
1: You know, it was, it was the, the thing that got my brain going was what am I going to say on this town hall discussion this afternoon, mm. certainly. But then I was also processing the information from the live stream yesterday in our conversation and some of the comments. And, and I was going to say that, but we as workplace leaders, as knowledge workers, that we have a certain perspective. And and, we, and we've said this before, there's two conversations here, if not more, the, the, the general reopening of the economy, quote unquote, that our, our governmental leadership is talking about. And the reopening of the office, our 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 physical workspaces for people like us who can do our jobs and have continued to do our jobs from our home environments. Many of us can do that. But then there's this big part of the country that can't. And they're really suffering now. And and I think that that those of us in knowledge worker roles that have been okay for a period of time here, we're going to start suffering too if the general economy doesn't get going again because our businesses are connected to that general economy. Mm. And even though we're knowledge workers and we're doing work that we can do in isolation in many ways, long-term that's not gonna play out. We need to be, our companies need to be supporting the the, the broader environment, whatever industry we're in, right? So I, I guess that was starting to weigh on my mind is it, when you hear these governors saying it's gonna be 2021 before we even consider large public gatherings, you know, don't even talk about my, <clears throat> my love of conferences and trade shows. That's depressing. That that it may be 2021 or later before those things come back. That didn't that didn't occur to me before. I thought we were going to be heading to the fall and, and really getting back into some kind of a normalcy there. Um so yeah, that weighed on my mind. And then and just how do I how do I address this when you know that they're half half the audience out there? If you start talking about real and and I know we have to do it, we need to talk about strategies. And and I was asking a few weeks ago, where's the vision? Where's the leadership telling us what that vision of the, of the new normal looks like. And I am happy that conversation is beginning to happen, but then I get impatient. I think that's the thing I need to be more patient and, and let it play out because the data is still coming in at the same time. We're trying to make these plans. So, you know, just, just help me, you know, I need to get on, you know, get on the couch. You, you said you saw a video or you, you emailed me this morning, uh, about a, a wealth, uh, I'm sorry, a health and well uh, webinar from, from yeah, who was it? Yeah. Dr. Uh, Gupta.
0: No, Deepak Chopra. Oh, Chopra. Um, okay. Was, I, I've been yeah, listening to Dr. Yeah.
1: Sanjay Gupta, but I know you tell have, me what I you know are. You maybe that'll help me calm but, down as I, I hear my and I, voice and, and find my happy place again here, Steve. It's, I'm off no, to a I, rough start.
0: No, no. I hear and I feel for you, man. I really do. Um, and, and I will get there. But you know, I just want to go back to what you just finished with, right? You, you're concerned about maybe your lack of patience, right? And, and I think it's a great, it's a great expes- expression and it's a great emotion because- I think it encapsulates, I think what a lot of people are going through right now. Um, patience to move things forward, not taking the time to embrace the situation and the opportunities that we currently have, right? And I think that emotion, I think, will will resonate with so many people um, and you know, one of the things that we have noticed during the, these these videos is how our emotions, our patience, those things totally. just roller coaster each day. You know, one day we're good, next day we're maybe not so good, and sometimes it is sometimes, yeah. sometimes it is just by the information we absorb, right? So how do we ensure we 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 absorb the right information? And uh, and that's why you know the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center in San Francisco have started doing a webinar series. Uh, they're a non-for-profit that sit outside NASDAQ, but what they do and their sole purpose is to provide services, information, uh, learning seminars for entrepreneurs. That's, that's their sole purpose. And they, they kicked off this webinar series with uh, Dr. Chopra yesterday. And uh, yeah, the, the takeaways for me were, were phenomenal there's two things there's I shared with you quite a bit, but there's two things I just want to sort of highlight um, maybe for the audience. Help me, Steve. Yeah. So on the couch. So, (laughs) <laughs>
1: I'm going to lie down here while we, while we talk. You
0: lie down, mate. You lie down. I'll do what I can. Unfortunately, I don't think I could articulate anything quite as well as Dr. Chopra did yesterday, but I will put a link in the, in the description below. So if anyone wants to go and watch it, and I encourage everyone to do Dr. Chopra gets on about 10 minutes, 30 in. So if you want to sort of skip through some of the introductions, you can and sort of sit down and absorb what he says. And what I find as well, when you listen back the second time. are intricacies and there are words that he used that you sort of miss the first time the second time though it really absorbs so i encourage people to watch it not once but twice and what he does go through was seven pillars of well-being and the importance of it at this time so what are we doing for ourselves each day so what are leaders what are um our you know finders what are what are we as people doing um each day to ensure we are managing our well-being and the seven pillars number one sleep two meditation and stress management. So you take what you're going through right now, right? How do you control those emotions? Well, emotions come to it. Number three, movement yoga, right? How do you do do daily movement so that you actually are getting oxygen into your body and helping your brain and and sort of clearing your mind? Number four is emotions, right? That's what you're going through right now. You know, you're absorbing information that is actually impacting how you are feeling, how you're projecting yourself, right? How your mind's processing information, right? That's the emotions that you're going through. Absolutely. Five, nutrition, nourishment. Number six, biological rhythm and grounding. So what are do we doing? we think about jet lag is the one that sort of he gives a reference for people to sort of tie into what this means, right? We move from, we change our environment maybe by ours and that's sort of what comes through and that's how it, it's it, uh, it show. And then number seven, self-awareness, right? How are we being self-aware? But the, the two things, I want resonated with me, two things, two things. Number one, yeah. he says, we are witnessing the birth of a new paradigm. Whenever we, you, you take back and you absorb that means, so things are gonna change. We have to be patient. We have to let things unfold. But at the same time, while we're patient in that, how do we propel ourselves, our companies, our organizations, our society into this new paradigm? How do we do that? What are we going to do one for ourselves? Everything starts with self. Self then allows you to move. Again, I go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? We have to first ensure we feel safe, secure, and steady for us to do that. So how are we going to propel ourselves? And then the mantra he says that we all should be living with, love in action. Love without action is meaningless. Action without love is irrelevant when love and action come together amazing things happen so take that take the mindset of of those words love in action love in action mike so when you went to that thing today how, is there a way we can shift the situation the the emotions that people are te, te, um, feeling today that 50-50 and how do we how do we convey that message love in action um, I'm a, trying to absorb it. I'm just communicating the information here. I'm not trying to preach as you know. I'm just, you're on the couch and I'm trying to assist you <laughs> through this. But yeah. again, I, I watched this this morning and I sort of, okay, I started just taking notes down. Okay, how am I going to be in this new paradigm? paradigm? What things do I want to do that will enable me to be successful, enabling me to be successful then enables me to help other people? Um, and then love and action, right? You know, it's the mind just goes different places when you sit down and you just take those words and just let your mind wander for a bit.
1: Well, I, I like the ideas, and I think there's a lot of va- uh, validity to what what that framework that you sent me. And there's a great chart. I hope people will check it out. That talk about yep. all the different components of our of our personal well being. But I'm going to be a little contrarian. I think I think what drives a lot of my anxiety is not my personal well-being it's Hmm. others' well-being the societal well-being my my work my corporate uh well-being the the economic well-being because nothing and again i think they're both valid and it's just about perspective and i I love that we can bounce these ideas off each other because you you calm me right away with your tone of voice and the way you were sharing that information but i was reminded of the chart you sent where in those categories of well-being it includes financial peace. It includes physical peace. It includes emotional and physical uh, elements of touch that we are missing. And and I did listen to uh, another great doctor, Sanjay Gupta, who does his CNN coronavirus uh, podcast daily. And today's episode was about dating life and and physical, the lack of physical uh, interaction in our society and what a challenge that is. And you know, I've been long out of the dating market, but but the things that the the principles they were describing were very true. That people we had a remember we had this crisis of isolation and, and loneliness that was taking place just due to technology in in recent years. We've talked about it at conferences. I talk about it in my speeches. The the fact that one of those paradoxes of the workplaces we're more connected quote unquote than ever before with technology, yet we are more isolated and lonely than ever before. And and here we are, just you know a hundred times that that scenario where where we all are in it now together whereas people it was an individual problem or it was a growing problem but it was with certain people this isolation this feeling of isolation that comes from from disconnect from lack of physical interaction um they said there's kind of a strange period we're in right now where we're all in this together so the the mental uh, security of that or the emotional security of that is is a good thing because it's like we're all isolated so we're all kind of connected in a way because we're all mm-hmm. dealing with the same thing but let's go back to that 50-50 split as we begin to reopen offices as we begin to send part of the workforce back into the built environment and then some that don't want to go back because of fear and anxiety or maybe choose that they can be just as effective working from home now we're going to see again that divide and that split of of we're not in this together in a lot of ways. Why did you choose to work from home? Why aren't you coming in? You may see some of that finger pointing mm. much like you see finger pointing in, in public where you're not wearing a mask and you, what are you doing? So you're starting to see some of those, some of those conflicts come up between humans as we, we process things differently. So I think the, all those principles you described reminded me that my motivation is, is for others because it, does, it affects me as well. If, if the society is not functioning, I can't, you know, have my happy life and family if, if the economy is not functioning and there are people that are desperate. And then you saw the, you mentioned the protests, boy, did you see any of the articles and not so much here in this country, although it's potentially could happen, I, I can imagine it happening. Um, the article that I saw and it was a headline about revolutions potentially taking place in other parts of the world where there's a, where there's a huge, mm. you know, population of, of impoverished people because this this coronavirus crisis has impacted people at the lower ends of the economic scale much greater than those, you know, of the of the higher ends. And here in the U.S., we're we're the world's richest country. And then, you know, the fact that we're on this internet just tells us we're the top percent of the top percent of those that are are comfortable and wealthy, you know, by world standards, by global standards. So. Again, I I do think of those others pe- those other people who are really struggling, and here in this country, when when you see those reports, it's um it's it's I'm not I I feel I don't feel scared like there's going to be a revolt, but if we don't take their needs into consideration, which are different than ours, you and I in the big cities working from home, uh, then 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 these conversations about us being effective or productive and Workplace productivity—it's going to be pretty meaningless if there's some chaos going on out in the in the broader society. Does that concern you at all? Of
0: course it does. Of course, yeah. for sure. Um, part of me now goes: I wish I had the bandwidth yesterday to to, to watch the show to sort of, uh, you know, understand what was what was being said in the sediment. You know, that sort of uh, that got you in this road. And um, the positives <laughs> I see what the positives I see what, what what the positives I see in what you're saying though is you're very safe, secure, and feel good about you and your family, right? And now you're then now projected into these other other people who and concerned for others. So I think that's a, that's a good positive to sort of remind yourself of. Um, now, we all know people who perhaps, and, and that's where we go back to the statement yesterday, right, where it was those who can work from home. That's where it was clarified, right? Those who can work from home can continue to work from home. Those who can't okay what do they do and it's a tough balance um it's a tough tough balance because one can't act without the other right um but then if one if something doesn't happen then how does that then go through the economy how does that then go through society um Man, I wish you'd give me more time to think about this.
1: No, that, you're helping me <laughs> just by by articulating yeah. these things, yeah. and giving me a chance to stop and reflect on what I said and then how you responded to it. Mm-hmm. It comes back to some of the basic principles of managing anxiety and, and managing fear. And again, mine, mine is one of, of a, a faith-based worldview that allows me to take comfort and have peace in knowing that I can't control all things. Someone else is in mm-hmm. control. And that's what you just reminded me of in, in these last few minutes is that, let's focus back on what as workplace leaders, we can control in our particular setting, in our particular environment, in our particular organization, because each of those is different in our particular part of the country. So as we process, and as we manage through these coming weeks and months, and again, be patient day by day, hour by hour. And I'm talking to myself first, you gotta remember that we can't change the world. We can't control everything. So when I get in trouble emotionally, anxiety wise or or sleepless nights wise it's because i'm thinking about all the others and trying to trying to get my head around all that news i absorbed yesterday and all that information i heard and all that worry that then begins to spiral out of control because you you then have a lot of unknowns we know that data is still missing we don't know what's happening we get little glimpses here and there from from the, you know the big governors or or the fo- i i saw a headline the is it the mayor of LA talked about 2022 now he's saying we won't return to some normalcy till 2022 and you hear that and you're like oh my gosh it, it just it just puts you in a in a place of 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 just anxiety so so we got to back off when we hear statements like that when we hear people filling in with their own i don't say biases but their own Pre- preconceived notions and their own motivations and their own per- perceptions. Let's give each other the benefit of the doubt. We're all trying to process things differently, but we're all trying to, for, for a similar goal of of making our way through this this unprecedented situation. Yeah, so, and I might, control what sorry, we can control is what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
0: No, no, and and I want to thank you for raising this, Mike, because in essence, you know, we often take statements on their face value, right? And what you've what you've done is you've presented an alternative way to take what we thought was a relatively straightforward question yesterday and spin it around. So yes, we have the ability to work from home, but are we being socially responsible by continuing to work from home? You know, if we have been tested and we have the antibodies, are we being socially irresponsible by continuing to work from home? Or will we be more socially responsible by actually going to the office, by actually going and and, and going to our local deli, going to Joe's deli, um, you yeah. know, going to grocery stores, going into a restaurant, going to a bar to catch up with some people? Is that more socially responsible for us to behave once we have been cleared and we have we know we have the antibodies? You've brought a different perspective to it, and and I'm glad we've had this conversation because my mind has shifted because it's, it's always good to have those things so no thank you um, yeah. i appreciate you bringing that alternative viewpoint
1: well i'll tell you what else makes me happy in these final couple minutes here steve i every week at the end of my workplace innovator interactive live stream my co-host maddie and i offer up some escape from reality recommendations music and movies typically is what we talk about tv shows sometimes what, what can you do to turn your brain off to find that happy place and you and i have talked about this a little bit but what ha- makes me happy each and every day, and I'm going to do it every week, it's, not, it's, gonna, it's my, new, my new ongoing joke is to, is to reference The Mandalorian. You know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And on Disney+, Plus they launched the series The Mandalorian, which of course made Baby Yoda. <laughs> Someone who makes us all happy and smile. So if you ever need to brighten your day, folks, just go out, Google Baby Yoda, and you'll find pictures of the child as the official character is named, and uh, it just brings joy to my life. So, have you seen The Mandalorian, Steve?
0: I have not. You, you know, I'm not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> you know that, and you just set I me know. up there. So, the so the whole world now knows that what is wrong with this guy. I knew he had problems, but now I know he has real problems.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I yeah. forgive you. Uh, but thank you, man. And you have and to you find talk your talk own to me, happy yes? place. You find oh, your happy have- place with uh, with, um, with my football, my soccer, police academy movies.
0: Well, I do that too, but it's, yeah, uh, yeah. My, my, my true happiness is, is when I'm watching my football. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
1: Well, this has been great. But- I appreciate it. I will let you know how the FM roundtable goes. If you'd yeah, like to join, do. I think it might be closed. Like we, we reached capacity there. Uh, it, was, it was a 500 uh, wow. person capacity and they have, I think, gotten close to it, if not. But you could try it. I think it's profm.com, folks, or just Google Pro FM FM roundtable. And that's going on today. And there'll be a recording available for those who can't make it. So some great great leaders from across uh, the UK, as well as here in the US, talking about how this will forever impact facility management in both the near and the long term. And I'm excited to hear uh, what they have to say. So I'll report back. I
0: look forward to hearing about it. All right, man. Have a a good day. Good luck. Cheers. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.